Welcome to another episode of the DL. I am your host, Tyler Robertson, the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And today we are back in studio. It's good to have visitors back in town. And you may recognize this guy sitting to my left of me if you're on the video portion of this. So if you're watching on YouTube, we thank you for that, by the way. Uh, so Lee with SP Tools, welcome back. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me, man. It's great to be out and, and moving again, right? It does. I mean, I got a couple of trade shows under my belt recently. Yep. Like people are getting out there. Uh, I like the direction it's heading. Hopefully we don't have another fourth, fifth, sixth wave or whatever they talk about. So we'll see I, I think out. enough people have decided not to participate <laughs> in stupidity any longer. I, I agree with you. So, I mean, at, at the cuff, I mean, if people didn't hear one of your previous episodes, and I, I think you were literally like episode two or three or four. And yeah. it, was, it was the beginning days. Why don't you just start with kind of who is SP Tools? Let's, let's give a little color to, to what you guys do and the products you sell. Yeah. So um, SP is an Australian-based um, automotive tool and equipment company. Um, they're an offshoot of, of SP Air Corporation. Uh, SP Air has been around since 73. So they have a long history in the automotive business. And um, we became, in 2000, late 2018, we became the importers for North America and the, uh, and the registered agent here. Um, things were going great. You know, there's always that, that build up to, to starting a new product, getting inventory here, all those things. Um, things were cruising along great. We did our first um, SEMA show in uh, November 19. Uh, and then the world went and got stupid uh, in March of 20. And um, we've done very well um, uh, in that time. Um, but, you know, the challenges with COVID and, and everything else, you know, just like any other company, we've had to modify the way that we do business, modify our go-to-market strategies, um, trade shows were down, you know, those kinds of things. So um, we're, we're, lo we're looking uh, optimistically towards the future. So, I mean, I see ads on my Facebook feed and whatnot for SP Tools USA. That's, that's essentially you then. That's us. Right. Yep, that's us. So... You know, I can imagine launching a new business right, right inside COVID happening and everything. I know we did our training center. I think we launched it like six months after COVID because it was already, you already signed a lease and things right. are going to happen. Already, right? So, right. The ship so already it, sailed. Yeah. Might as well try to yeah, get some my, leg out of it. So how did, how did you guys adapt with that? Because I mean, I can imagine tool sales is a lot of hands-on, let me show you what this looks like type of business. Because these are not like your... Your tools you buy at your Home Depot store. These are right. professional grade tools. Yeah, so, so so this is mobile tool truck quality. Um, one of the things that that we did um, didn't work out exactly the way we had it planned. Like like some things don't. Uh, we we started developing an app that um, that customers can use to to order uh, tools, to track their purchases, to do warrant you know ask for a warranty return things like that. Um, we had no experience in building an app at yeah. all. Um, we have way more experience than we probably wanted to at this point. Um, and, and we had to hire another company to kind of come in and fix what the first company didn't do. So we're a little delayed in getting that done. Uh, that was one of the ways that, that we um, were trying to combat the, the problems with COVID. Um, you know, e-commerce became a, a big part of what we were doing. It was never a big part of our go-to-market strategy, but but we adopted uh, e-commerce because of, you know, the limitations of actually getting out and putting people out there. At the same time, you know, the the risks of having our employees out face-to-face -face and, and having that contact with that many people. Yeah. So, you know, as you're talking here, it reminds me a lot similar to diesel laptops, right? So, we, you know, knew, I thought we had to go touch people and talk to them individually and show them the tools and do those things. And, 
you know, we tried and it kind of sucked because you could only talk to so many people per right. day. And we were trying to build a brand there. We were trying to build the diesel laptop brand. And I see you the same thing with SP Tools USA. You're, you're trying right. to build a brand with a lot of existing competitors in that space, right? You have, you have the Snap-on, the Matco, the Mac yep. guy. I mean, there's... It's a competitive space at the and, end of the day. And, so how do, you, how do you build a brand yeah, from nothing? And, and so and and those guys have been doing this for a long time, and yeah. they run run really good companies. Um, it's it's the same. It is very similar to the same kind of challenge that you faced with with diesel laptops. So it's I you know we need to be able to scale this. We need to be able to reach out and touch more customers. So traditionally, in in your business model. Um, that means I'm going to discount the product as much as I possibly can, and I'm not going to bring any additional value to the customer. Yeah. I'm just going to sell it cheaper than it's the, the next It's the race to zero, right? right. Those it's guys the race to zero. Yep. Um, what you did instead was you said, you know what, I'm going to go to market in a different way, but I'm going to do that by adding additional value that customers can't find somewhere else. Therefore, I don't have to discount my product. I'm going to earn their business. Yeah. And and we're trying to do the same thing. So we're, you know, we're making it easy to give customers our money and to get their their um, their uh, products and services and stuff, you know, uh, get get us to stand behind it, the, the warranties, things like that. Um, so utilizing, um, you know, uh, UPS, FedEx, things like that, we can we can handle warranties on average as fast as a tool company can. Um, but we're still saving the customer a, a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we don't have the Unfortunately, we don't have the uh, multi-million dollar NASCAR sponsorships, <laughs> so we pass that savings on to our customer. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the, the part people need to understand is when you're competing against a big brand, you don't need to go head-to-head, -head, and you don't need to go get every – you don't need to match them dollar for dollar on marketing, right? you got to pick and choose. Hey, let's go Let's go after this little niche over here, and let's go establish ourselves, and it's the long game. But a lot of times those big competitors can also be easy picking because they're so busy wearing on a global scale – well, all of a yeah. sudden you get focused on well, something. I mean, Snap-on's a, you know, 3.8, 3.9 billion dollar year corporation. Their number one customer is a shareholder. Yeah. I am the only shareholder in, in SB Tools USA. So, you know, I get to actually take care of the customers um, without the interference of um, specifically, you know, what that bottom, what that impact to the bottom line is. And, and my business method methodology has always been, if you take care of the customers, everything else will follow. And, um, and and I have the ability to, to stick to that. Yeah. So launching a new tool line, right, in the yes. United States. Um, you you got this SP Tools thing going on. COVID happens. Um, you know, and I understand the digital strategy. And digital's tough, too, right? You got to build a website and have the content right. Then you got to get traffic and the right traffic and convert to sales. So For, it, for a company that has zero <laughs> background in yeah. doing this. I, I feel familiar to that I, whole I, thing. Man, I am a, I'm a face-to-face, -face, you know, yeah. um, sales guy. That's my background. Um, so the digital thing, I'm, I'm still, I wouldn't say opposed to it, but it, it's still, you know, I... Me personally, when when I go sell stuff, I'm still going to be face to face. I don't, you know, I just don't work well in that in that digital space. So we've had to reach out to contractors and and um, consultants and support staff, and you know, there's a whole challenge in doing that as well because you really, if you don't know, you don't know. And finding someone that you can trust, finding someone that will actually deliver on their promises, has has been challenging. Yeah, no, it's always. It's very tough to grow distribution. That's that's what I've learned at Diesel Laptops. I've tried to get other people to sell stuff for us and do things, and it's always been tough because they don't 
don't have the same heart or the same ambition or understand yep. the product as well. There's Herding cats. Yeah, it, it, it's a difficult thing to do, to, to say the least. Um, and I know, I, I agree, you, you have your digital strategy going on. Uh, but you also have some physical stuff you're doing as well with some tool trucks and some other yeah, things. Yeah, so so we've um, we have several trucks on the road. We're franchising um, throughout the country. Uh, one of the other challenges, uh, unforeseen challenges that that COVID um, brought about was the supply chain issues. And and everyone in the country, regardless of whether you're in the automotive industry or you know you're just going to to Lowe's and Home Depot to buy something it doesn't matter everybody has been impacted by this supply chain shortage yeah. um simply put it's it's difficult for people to get stuff so the setting up the franchises is slowed a bit because we want to make sure that that we can supply the the franchises the last thing you want somebody to do is start a business and then they can't get the product they need to sell yeah that's going to be so frustrating like you have ambition you get the resources you get the plan and we can't get product. Right. You literally can't get there from here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think as we were talking before this, there's really there's really two pieces to this. There's one, just the raw material, making the stuff. Yep. Um, and then there's the logistic piece of it, actually getting the product here. Yes. And both are kind of big news items in today's today's and world. Like how, how where where are you where's SP Tools at with that? Because I imagine it's every company, like you said. Yeah. And 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 one third one one third piece to to add to that is is also a labor shortage. You know, if you're if you're making stuff. Uh, offshore, um, if you have any kind of manufacturing over there, uh, COVID has wreaked havoc on on their labor force, just like it has here. Um, so like uh, I was speaking to a friend of mine over in China, and he said, you know, after the Chinese New Year, they had about a 40 to 50 percent attrition rate after Chinese New Year. So these these people go home and they just basically just didn't come back. Um, and they normally have a 10 to 15% attrition rate, but they had yeah. a lot of people just not come back to the factory and you can't get the, the raw material. And then you have the, the shipping container issue. Um, so anybody that's paying attention to the news when they're not fighting back and forth, they're talking about this problem that we're having with uh, container shortages and, and being able to unload you know, cargo ships and all of these other issues. Um, you know, we... Uh, couple, you know, this time last year, we're probably paying 44000 to $4,500 for a 40-foot container. Um, that same container today costs us $30,000. If you can even get one. If, if you can even get one. So we would yeah. get, you know, we could get a container in about four weeks. Uh, right now, you know, we've got stuff that's been on the water for three months. We have no idea where it's at. It might be there tomorrow. I don't know. It might be there in two months. So, you know, I see all these photos of like Port of Los Angeles where literally just 70 ships just floating out there anchored, just just waiting to actually get into the port. Seven of them are probably mine. <laughs> yeah. probably, probably one container on each button each it's, ship, it's, right? That's even, right. Even exactly. Worse. Exactly. Well, then, you know, then even that point, like, yeah, you finally get the ship unloaded. A lot of time they rail that into like Chicago or another terminal or air, like they, they move it out of there, right? And right. that has problems in its own. Yep. Um, so it's going to take a long time for the shortage to to sort itself out. And I think anyone that's ever bought anything in the last six months is starting to experience what these shortages Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be a long time before they actually they actually go away. Um, but one of the points I want to get back to is you mentioned franchises. Is there Are you guys looking for franchisees right always, now? Or always it, looking for franchises. And so what, what we're doing with our franchise and, and, and what's a little bit different um, than what the traditional mobiles are doing is um, originally, uh, we'll pick on Snap-on since I was a former Snap-on dealer. <laughs> I feel like I have the, the right to do that. Yep. So um, years ago, Snap-on had what they called a dealer and, and the dealer had a geographical territory, he owned that territory. Um, so as that territory grow, you know, grows, more, more shops, more people 
um, it was a greater business opportunity for him. Um, what the mobiles have done is they've converted into an approved list of calls. So you have, you know, a minimum number of people that that they guarantee that that you can call on per week. Um, but as the geographical area grows, you don't get to capitalize on that. And um, we're going the other way. So what we're looking for is we're, we're not looking for the average guy on a mobile tool truck. We're looking for an entrepreneurial spirited person that wants to go build an empire. And we want to give them as much territory and protected real estate as we can for them to go pro- to, to go build that empire. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, for the right person, like you said, some people just want to have their job and do their thing. But a lot right. of the tool truck guys are entrepreneurs, yes. right? They They buy their routes or they have them. So is that common in the other guys that are out there where one guy has multiple routes or is it is that kind of a rarity? It's it's um it's less and less common and, and it's very difficult in, in most of the um in most of the mobile franchise opportunities. Um it, it's difficult for somebody to to grow that business that way. Um so what we're doing um it's is is similar to something that Domino's Pizza used to do years ago. So if you wanted a geographical territory. Um, Domino's would give you, you know, okay, well, we'll give you all the real estate you want. Um, we want you to put in X number of stores over time. Yep. If, if you don't, then we're going to come back and we're going to start taking some of that real estate back. Yep. And, and you had that agreement up front. So you knew, you know, the, the, uh, the business owner knew how many stores he needed to do. They helped them as much as they could in growing the next store, where it's going to be, finding the real estate, all of those kinds of things. And we're doing the same thing. So, um, you know, we have a guy that's in Oklahoma City. And um, so he's, you know, he started that first location in Oklahoma City. He's already looking at uh, Tulsa and a couple of places, uh, a couple other places around Oklahoma. Um, So we're going to have the franchises are going to have a a mix between uh, mobile tool trucks backed up by brick and mortar locations um, that can carry a little bit more inventory and then that way be able to service the customers faster and better. Yeah. I mean, and the interesting thing here is, is you're not, you're not a guy that's figuring out the tool truck business. You were in the tool truck business yes. essentially, right? So you know what the potential is and what those guys can do uh, through everything. So I, th- I think it's a great strategy and it's got to be a little bit of that physical, a bit of the digital. I know a lot of people think diesel laptops were like anti-physical. The fact is I'm, I'm leasing property in Dallas, now Chicago. Right. And you got to have a little bit of that that going on where you have the both of it. And I always relate it to like the Amazon Walmart. Amazon's buying brick and mortar as fast as Walmart's investing in the tech side. And they're both kind of like colliding into each other in a lot of fronts. So it's well, similar stuff. So with what you do, you know, some of it's just perception, right? Some And, and unfortunately, perception is reality. But but a lot of customers have that perception that if you're not physically there, you're not supporting them. But if you do have the physical distributor that comes into your shop beyond the initial demo, what what do you do when you have a problem? Yeah. You pick up the phone and call that guy, right? Or yeah. gal, whatever the case may be. They're ultimately doing the same thing with you. The question is, is there support on the other side of that? And and what is that level of support? Yeah. And for anyone listening to this, this is where you win against big companies, right? Like provide them great support. Like I Because they can't do it. <laughs> they, can't. they can't do it. And I, I've told my wife this. I've, I've made this show a couple of times, but I'm dead serious. Like someday when I'm said and done with diesel laptops, like I'm out of here, whatever day that is, I retire or whatever, right? Uh, I've always said I'm going to open another business and it's going to be like a, a home service business. It could be cleaning pools, doing yard, electrician, plumber. I swear to God, all we got to do is two things. We got to answer the phone when it rings 
and we got to show up when we tell people we'll show up. Yeah. I think it's more business than I know what to do with. I'll hire you. <laughs> yeah. Just let me know when you open it. I'm, I got work in Alabama. So for frustrating me. Oh. Trying, literally trying to call four companies to come look at one thing at my house and none of me return the phone calls or emails. There's a, and I'm going to call them by name because they've pissed me off. <laughs> so, so the, um, Cox Pulse in, uh, in, in Alabama, um, has failed repeatedly to come out and, and give me a quote on servicing my pool. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. And I go up there and I take them my water and they test it. They give me the chemicals. And I bitch at them every time that I go up there. Hey, when are you guys going to like actually send somebody out? Oh, I can't believe that happened. We'll send them out yep. next week. And I'm talking two years. Yeah. Two years and I can't get somebody to show up to... Yeah, to, but to quote me on taking I mean, care of the bull. And it's kind of like that in the tool truck business. I'm on yeah. these Facebook groups and I see people all the time, oh, my dealer can't order this because they're out of stock. I think it's really because the dealer's cut so, on credit. Yeah, <laughs> so, so that's the truth. Yeah. You know, um, maybe with COVID, maybe that might might become more more accurate. But for the most part, it's they haven't but, paid their toll bill. I mean, I'll hear from, you know, I'll see their comments on there. Oh, we had a we had a Cornwall guy. He hasn't been here in two years. Or right. we had this guy. He's supposed to be here every week. He shows up once every three. And you know, and it comes back to that customer service so, part of it. So those are the things that that we're trying to combat, and and it's all all service based. So it's, um, it's my dealer doesn't show up. My dealer's not a nice guy. My you know, <laughs> the franchise agreements that the other mobiles are in um, preclude them from actually having a direct relationship with the customer. Our franchise agreements are going to be different. We want them to buy from our distributors, but at the end of the day, we're going to take care of our, our customers regardless. Well, I can say this as a, as a consumer that buys a lot of stuff. I don't like to buy from assholes. I right? like to buy people that I like to do business with. And exactly. I get along with, right. Yep. So absolutely. And I think essentially that's what that business is. You're there every week and we're going to stand behind these products and we're going to sell great products. And I mean, I guess kind of going into the products, let, let's just talk about what are some of the new products that are that are coming out with SP Tools. Yeah, so um, there's several. Um, the the probably the biggest challenge that we've taken on is tool storage. So yep. uh, one of the you know when you look at a, a product line that has over four thousand SKUs, um, you start uh, you know whittling away at, at what are our weaknesses, what do we need to change or modify or or whatever we need to do to to meet the expectation level of the customer. And tool storage was at the top of that list. Um, SP made some great toolboxes, but they had more of a European flavor. Yeah, so they were. That's one of these right here, right? It is. Yeah, and, and okay. this was this was actually one of the biggest boxes that we were making at the time. So it's eighteen gauge steel. It's a little bit more shallow, um, just not up to the standards of of what a, a North American technician is looking for. This is more European based, and, and the European guys love this. They change their boxes out a lot more often, so they pay okay. a little bit less for them, but they're buying them every two or three years. Um, you know, technicians here are, you know, it's go big or go home. So our new boxes are, you know, 14 and a half gauge steel. We have the, the side lockers and the, and the hutches and top cabinets and all the accessories and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So where are you positioned, right? Because, you know, I think a lot of people are used to, you know, I know there's snap on out there and I know you can buy toolboxes through other suppliers and whatnot. Where where's SP Tools like kind of in the market? Is it a, is it a high quality thing? Is it a hey it we're is, gonna be a Harbor Freight model it, or where where where's yeah, SP Tools lined so, up? So so high quality, high value, um, and our um, go to market strategy. Um, one of the advantages that we have over the big companies, and I got kind of you know in, in tongue in cheek, I was picking on them a little bit earlier, is we don't have multi million dollar um, sponsorships with NASCAR. We 
unfortunately don't have a private jet. I, I wish I did. <laughs> yeah. But, but we don't, yeah. yeah, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the 150 foot yacht. I don't have, you know, all of the other things that, that, that ultimately the tool customers are paying for. Yeah. You know, Snap-on's not paying for that sponsorship at NASCAR. The customers are. And, and they're paying it when they buy a $150 ratchet that really is worth about 90 bucks, maybe. Yeah. And that's generally where you're going to find us. We're going to be in that 30 to 40 percent um, less than than where Snap-on is, um, but you're still buying Snap-on quality. Yeah. Well, I know we have a new promo going on, too, with SB Tools in conjunction this month of October, yep. right? Yeah, it was a great it was a great idea, I think, between our marketing teams. Yeah. 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 So basically the promotion, people buy a Texas car or Texas supercar license for yep. us. Name goes in the hat. Yep. And they're getting one of the new boxes. Yeah. Right? So, so explain, is, explain the box they're getting. Yeah. So that is the um, that is the Sumo Trade Series. So that's the the series of box that, that we were just talking about that was uh, developed specifically for um, North America. Um, we're going to do a custom diesel laptops wrap on it, which I think the, the marketing teams, you know, put, putting their heads together, came out with a, an awesome, awesome design. And the really cool part about that is it's going to be a one-off, right? It's, yeah. it's the only one in existence. Like so a collector's whoever, edition. It is. So whoever gets that, whoever wins that box is, is getting something that nobody else is going to well, have. We'll have to figure a way to put some signatures on there. That's what I'm talking about. Right? We, can, we can do that for <laughs> sure. No, I, I think it looks great. I saw, the, I saw the custom wrap and everything on there, and I think it's a great promotion. Obviously, Texas got a great supercar and great normal car, I guess I call it, software yep. that covers another, everything. That's another promotion that you guys are doing, right? Some supercar stuff that you're putting yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we represent Texas. We obviously sell their truck. We sell their off-highway. Uh, we sell the Marine or the Power Sports. And we're like, well, they got this car thing over here. And we looked at it. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm really a diesel guy. But I'm like, but we kind of know this online marketing thing. We already have the physical hardware, some right. software license. I can buy them as I need them. And we 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 said, hey, we're going to just do like a toe in the water. For us, really, it's just spending like a thousand bucks a month and just see what leads and how many close. Right. And we're sitting there like, man, I think we can go collect, you know, go go sell half a million dollars, a million dollars a year in this, this stuff without much effort, really. Right. So it's new to us. Uh, but... We've, you know, learned a lot with Texa. We've learned a lot about what the software can and can't do. Um, and it can do a hell of a lot. So I'm really excited to, to get out there and start seeing what customers have to say awesome. about it. I hope it's successful. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so you have some other, other new products as well that you were talking about earlier. We do. We came out with, um, we've got a new uh, speaker light. Um, it's an 800 lumen uh, work light. Mag um, it's got a magnet on it. So it can, it can be uh, placed under the hood if the hood's uh, metallic. Uh, a lot of guys put it inside the the hutch area of their toolbox, um, so you know they're streaming music and things like that. So wire, uh, wire, it's wireless. It's wireless. Um, it's IP67. So um, you know it's great for camping. Um, believe it or not, we have a lot of customers that they, they buy one for work. They take one home as well. Yeah. Uh, it's a great light to keep in the in the vehicle. You know if you're do, if you're an outdoorsy type type person. It's something that, you know, you can throw in the console, your vehicle, glove box, something like that, and um, take with you just about anywhere. So I know battery techs come a long way over the last yes. decade or so. Like, yep. So how long is that, can that thing actually like play music for? Man, it's like, it's like 
with the light on, um, it will stream music for like four and a half hours. And, yeah. and again, that's an 800 lumen light. Yeah, that's a big light. Yeah. Doing that whole thing. No, that's that's amazing. I know you have another kind of cordless wireless tool, I should say, as well. Come on that you came out with recently. Uh, Bluetooth battery tester. Yeah. Um, so the, the cool thing about that is it's um, it's app driven. Um, there's there's a version of the app in iOS and in uh, Android. Um, and it basically will do complete, you know, starting, charging uh, system uh, analyzation in, in just a few seconds, 30 seconds yeah. or so. So basically all your readings are on the mobile app then? Oh, yeah, all the of... readings are on the mobile app. You've got a little piece of hardware that you can put on it. Um, another cool benefit to it is it can be used as a battery um, state of health, state of charge uh, monitor. Um, so for those people that have... Um, collector cars or, you know, maybe you've got a vet that you only drive every now and then, you can leave this connected to the battery every time you get within Bluetooth range. Oh. It comes up and automatically gives you the state of health and state of charge of the battery because that's that's a challenge, right? A lot of the, the uh, custom cars and stuff like that will have a kill switch for that reason, right? The, yeah. the batteries go dead. They, they're leaving maintainers on them, that kind of thing. This gives you kind of a uh, a heads up of where your batteries at. Now, I feel before like I feel you like need to like my jet skis. Will these things work with jet ski batteries? Absolutely, at all? <laughs> certainly will. Because that things are always dead on always those things, dead. right? Always so dead. So I, I probably yep. need to get some of them. It'd be kind of nice yep. to be able to walk that, that, to my dock. And I'll be send, like, hey, what's I'll send going you on? a couple. Uh, I, we'll, we'll check them out. We'll put some okay. footage out there on those things. Okay. Um, and then you're talking about a new jump pack that you have as well. Yeah. So, um, and that's one of those I wasn't gonna believe it until I saw it kind of things. Um, we were told, you know when SB sent it over to us, all oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I've never really been impressed with um, the ability for this small jump packs to be able to jump off a diesel. I, I never thought they could. I have a small one for my boat yeah. to my car at, at home and everything. And I was a service manager. We had this big heavy thing we had to lug around and yep. we actually didn't own it. We rented it, which is a weird situation. Yep. But you know, so you're telling me they have a small, little, more condensed version that yeah, will pop so, up a big one. So we got the beta version in, or the beta unit in, and um, I said, you know, we're going to put this thing to the test. So I sent the guys over to, uh, well, I'm not going to say what company it is, because yeah. they probably don't like the fact that I <laughs> killed their batteries. <laughs> yeah. So um, we turned the windshield wipers and the headlights and, and yeah. everything and, and ran that battery down to three volts. Yeah. And it was in a, um, it's in a 26-foot box truck with a Cummins. Yeah. And um, and it fired right up. We we have a uh, a video on it, and I'll you know I'll send it to you so you can put a link up so the guys can go watch it. Uh, we also had one of our YouTube influencers do um, an independent video um, with our number one competitor, which is Noco. Um, they have a heavy duty jump pack, and he did that on his own personal um, Duramax diesel. And the Noco unit just simply it, it was click 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 click. Um, you know, and the, uh, our, our jump starter, you know, fired it right off. So, you know, I'm not even a tool guy, but I, for whatever reason, enjoy like the YouTube videos where you do like torture tests on tools and they yep. compare them to each other and yep. everything. Have you guys done any of those at all? We have. Yeah, we have. Um, we, we need to get back to it, you know, uh, much like you with real estate challenges and everything <laughs> else and, and, you know, growth, which is a blessing. Um, but sometimes a curse as well. Uh, we lost our, uh, shop area. Um, needed for storage. It needed it for storage. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're, we're currently working on a new uh, shop area. It's supposed to be done um, actually this week. Um, and we're excited about getting it set up. And then we're going to get back to videos and, and the torture testing and, and, you know, 
you know, all real stuff. So do you have that problem too, where you, you buy a new building or build something and you're like, oh, this is going to last us for years. We're set here. And then you say like nine months later, you're like, I, di- I didn't, I didn't go big enough. Yeah. So our first office was, it was like, literally, it was just an office, probably 400 square foot. And we were like, oh yeah, this is awesome. We can put inventory in here and everything. Cause before that it was a Rubbermaid shelf in my garage, right? Same thing. Yep. So, um, we went through that. And then we moved into the, I bought a 6,000 square foot building that was actually an automotive shop at the time. Um, I ran the shop for a while, finally decided two businesses wasn't a good idea, closed the shop down. I said, this is going to make a, per- this is more space than I'll ever need. It was like 6,000 square foot. <laughs> yeah. That lasted for a month. Yeah. And, you know, and we've been chasing that ever since. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I mean, we we're we're running out of space here. I know my runway ahead of me. And we, we got with our agent, like, okay, show us what's in town that has a 14-foot door. Right. And he's like, nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, great. What about a 12-foot door right, that we can, we can make cut, into a 14-foot? We, we, right. We can cut through the the, the uh, walls if we need uh, to, right? And then the construction costs are skyrocketing. It's just, it, it, it's an interesting time to be alive, to say the least, and everything. But it's good to hear you guys got through COVID. Things are going good. The yes. brand's out there. I, I know you, like everyone else, has supply chain logistic problems to... Yep. To deal with, but they're they're going to get dealt with. Um, you know, everyone's working hard, and a lot of there's a lot of different pieces to that puzzle that I don't think a lot of people understand. There uh, are, but it'll it'll get resolved. All right. So if someone wants to learn more about SP Tools or contact you, how do they do that? Yeah, sptoolsusa.com is the website. Uh, we also have an awesome um, uh, tech school program for anybody that's watching that happens to be. Uh, a student tech. Um, we've got some fantastic discounts and stuff dedicated specifically to the student techs. That's SP Next Tech, N E X T E C H, SPNextTech.com. Um, you can register. That's a, a private website that you have to log into to be able to see pricing because of the student discounts. Um, but if you register, somebody um, from the student tech program will reach out and get you credentials. All right. Yeah, sounds great. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being in studio. Good to see you in person again and everything. I feel, like it's, here, I feel like it's been a minute since we yeah. were able to get in touch with each other. So with that, we're going to end the episode. Uh, for everyone watching on YouTube, I just want to say thank you. We very much appreciate it. And of course, we're everywhere podcasts can be, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and just about everywhere else. So as we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And that means having the right equipment. SP Tools is here to help you with that as well. Thank you for watching and listening.